I mean, so simple. The business still happens. We all still need to make money. There's nothing more important than keeping the infrastructure rolling, right? Hello, and welcome to the Christmas edition of The Growth Business, a podcast from InCloud Solutions, home to SAP's mid-market cloud ERP solution, Business by Design. It's a year since I started making these podcasts, and so it's a great time to reflect on a year that's been like no other. As I went through old episodes, I was confronted with the record of our year, how we struggled at the start with remote working and grappled with all the issues around how to do our jobs. Today, I'll bring you the voices of that year as retail moved online and we jumped into tracky bottoms to call colleagues on Zoom. The need to adopt all kinds of flexible digital technology was never far from our thoughts as we learned to be ourselves while coping with massive change. Here are the voices that accompanied my COVID year. The story starts with David Conn, head of e-commerce for Heels, who was in a tough place back in the spring. Heels has had to close all of our stores in line with pretty well every other non-essential retailer in the country. So that was pretty damaging for our turnover. And what it's meant is that e-commerce has assumed even more importance than it used to have. We previously accounted for between 35 and 40% of the company's turnover. Now we're accounting for 100% of the company's turnover. It's important that we drive as much revenue as we possibly can. So we do need to be bringing in cash and revenue. As everything shut down, marketers and salespeople wondered what was appropriate Did we carry on selling while the streets emptied? We had no experience of anything quite like it, and it was all feeling pretty dystopian. Luckily, Kate Bradley-Churnis of the scheduling platform Lately had a worldly take on the issue. Marketing is like booze, Lucy, right? In good times and in bad, you need to do it, bottom line. And now more than ever, what you're marketing and how you're marketing um, matters. And what is sort of interesting is... I mean, we all know that I think a lot of a lot of things, as we know, are going to are change forever in good ways, right? So whether it's learning how to work remotely or working from home, these are good advancements that have been, you know, on the cusp for a long time. But also the way that people are marketing. I mean, I'm loving seeing a more genuine, empathetic human element across from everyone. I mean, so simple. Your job, right, is to learn what your customer cares about, period. That's all it is. The business still happens. We all still need to make money. There's nothing more important than keeping the infrastructure rolling, right? When this passes, those things aren't going to change. Um, And so making sure that you're not winking in the dark, it's one of my favorite phrases, right? So get it, Lucy, winking in the dark. Just because the world is doing crazy things, you can't stop. You have to continue to communicate the value of your services Um, And even evolve them, which may be the case for a lot of people. Um, Right now, they're changing what they're providing. So now more than ever, they have to make sure people know about it so we can give them our money. She was right. And we kept on working. But for some, it was a struggle. As technology providers, we knew that customers who were already on board with digital programs were finding it easier to adjust. In fact, one report reckons we've advanced by six years through sheer necessity. Even before the lockdown, SME technology expert Laurie McCabe had these observations about getting ahead. So the first one is really that more and more small and medium businesses, they kind of understand now what digital transformation means. Just two or three years ago, only a third or less really thought they understood this thing called digital transformation. 
And now that number's up to almost 60%. So, so they're, they're really seeing every day and they're just how much this digital technology is really changing the very nature of business, what consumers and other businesses expect in their relationships. But the problem is that there's, there's only about a quarter of them that are right now executing and only 20% or, or a little less feel like, hey, we, we have a good strategy for all this. So that's kind of our first trend. But the second trend is for that quarter of SMBs that are actually saying, yes, we, we get it. We're, we're actually doing something about it. We see that those SMBs, their revenue expectations are much higher. So I think the bottom line is, okay, the good news is SMBs now get what digital transformation is. They certainly understand why it's important. There's still a lot of issues in getting started, but it's very important that you start down this path because the companies that have already started down this path are outperforming those that are kind of waiting on the sidelines. Flexibility has been key during this period and the word pivot was never far from the lips of Zoom presenters everywhere. It was a big love-hate thing for me. Luckily, SAP's Charles Bennett preferred to use another word when he came on the show. A thing called flexibility, right, in terms of the sense of um, uh, being able to change quickly. So the flexibility being able to change. And I think considering what the, the virus and the lockdown has done to us, uh, what it's forced us to do is to rethink the way we do business. There, our systems, organization, processes need to be able to, fle- to flex quickly. So that's the thing around flexibility. So the speed is in the ability to change fast. Uh, and if we think again around the speed of change in the world, the, the rate of competition, uh, the current business climate and challenges, our need to be innovative and fast at it, is very high. So um, in many senses, for some businesses, this has been a catalyst, which whilst painful, as, as an, uh, is probably going to enable something better to come out of it. As the year wore on, we started to talk about how long this working at home thing would go on for. Was it permanent? Were our cities about to change forever? The future of sandwich shops became an unlikely focus for anxiety, and some prominent business types started grumbling about wanting people back in the office where they could see them. Sarah Goodall from social advocacy champions Tribal Impact had some thoughts about that. I've been reading a lot about this over the last few weeks during COVID and stuff and you know how big companies, they, it's a big trust thing, right? And a lot of companies, they, they feel it's better when they've got people in the office because they can trust them, they can see them. But my view is, is you could be sat at your desk all day playing on Facebook. Who's going to know, right? And also you've got bigger problems if you can't trust your employees in the home office. You know that you've got a trust problem, not a working productivity problem. That's a bigger issue that you need to look at. So, um, so yeah, I think probably some companies have found it a little bit difficult but then I think it's also helped them re-look at you know what they do as a business and how they work you know is it about hours in office and how much time in front of laptop or actually should you be measuring performance of the business in other ways like outcomes and 
collective outcomes, not individual outcomes. And also people are learning to value their time more at home. I think, you know, in the office, you can very easily get sucked into a meeting and an hour is like a target and you all have to sit there, even though it's not productive. Whereas it, when you work remotely, you just jump on a call, get it done and then carry on, you know, less of this formal meeting in this room, in that room, you know, so um, I would, I would absolutely say for certain productivity is higher, I think, when people are remote working. With most of our meetings now online, concerns turn to how we present ourselves. At leisure took off, along with a style of dressing I can only characterise as posh top lazy bottom, funny women's Lynn Parker sought to reassure people who were getting anxious. I mean, there's an awful lot of stuff out there about how you should look and how you should present yourself. And by the time you get online, you, you, you could be absolutely panicking yourself into a state of you would just be frozen because you think I look awful I've got nothing to say oh my god what do I do and I think it's all about stopping that panic setting in and I'd say just be honest and open I think we you know there's too much stuff thrown at us about how we should be just be yourself we're all just trying to survive I've seen some great stuff about how women are not going to wear high heels anymore and Oh, yeah. Office clothes have gone out the window and they're not selling any jackets. <laughs> yeah. Well, bring it on, I say. You know, I've spent my day in my Birkenstocks, which apparently have had a huge surge in sales. And um, I do actually, though, I do dress for work. I actually personally think there is a lot to be said for not sitting around in your pyjamas because I can't get into that workspace when I'm like that. And I could, again, because I've worked from home for years when I'm not on the road. I've always done that. So I will wear a nice shirt. I'm actually wearing proper trousers today. But you know, it makes me feel better if I'm wearing workish clothes. I mean, I wouldn't wear a jacket. I don't wear a jacket normally. So you know, why would I wear a jacket? Um, a little bit of makeup, just so you actually feel better. I, I do that for me. I don't do it for anyone else. I do it to make myself feel better. Business advisor Andrew Ford also saw authenticity as a trend that had long been bubbling under, now coming to the fore. Be yourself. I think that authenticity, which again had been talked about in for a number of years for, for brands, for cultures, for people to be more authentic. And I think, um, again, that's one of those those trends that's accelerated and, and people want to, to be themselves and, and bring more of themselves to the workplace. And it, of course, interestingly, they, they're already in their homes and, um, and, and doing it from a, a place of... Uh, a personal uh, interest and safety. So it's a it's a fascinating blend, and I think the techniques, the sophistication, the combination of content will continue to develop and and, and be creative over the coming months and years. So we've had time to think about the future during these on-off lockdown days, but something Laurie McCabe said really stayed with me. She said, "Are you just spending way too much time trying to get stuff done?" If you are, then you really need to start thinking about technology to make that better. One person who thinks deeply about technology and how it can help was my most recent guest, SAP's Timo Elliott. His enthusiasm for data and the potential of technology to help us do amazing things was infectious. Data is behind everything. If you don't know where you are, how can you decide what's the best course of action? Uh, for me, better use of data is 
it's almost the closest thing to magic in the modern world because there are so many win-win-win opportunities where we can improve customer outcomes and cut costs, increase efficiency, use less of the world's resources and help make the world a better place. So what keeps me passionate about analytics really is working with customers. So for example, I get to be a judge for our SAP Innovation Awards and it's always incredibly inspiring to see what people have that quick plug, go to sap.com slash innovation awards. Um, but it's the stories from our customers themselves and how they've been using this great technology to make a difference. Now, I heard you in a podcast recently saying that you get excited about boring things, <laughs> which is a, a lovely way of putting it, really. I think anyone who works in tech can really relate to that. How do you get uh, the customers excited about the boring things that is business analytics? As ever, always talking about real world examples. We can always talk about the technology, of course, and the technology is always advancing and allowing us to do new things. We can crunch bigger numbers. We can use things like machine learning to get insights in new ways. Um, But ultimately, I think what people are really interested in is the stories of people like themselves who have been able to achieve something using these technologies. And that's exactly my job is, I mean, let's face it, nobody wants to be the first to try something. Uh, Change is difficult. Trying to get other people in your business to change and do things in new ways is difficult. So to the extent that you can learn lessons from other people who've already done that journey, already made mistakes so that uh, you can learn from those mistakes. uh, Again, that's what I find passionate about what I do. So with Christmas fast approaching, do we know how much actual change the COVID pandemic has ushered in? Retail is a good lens through which to look at it and ask which bits are here to stay. The last word goes to David Conn of Heels. I think it's a modest shift. The progress of retail, the progress of purchasing, the things that people buy and are interested in, I don't fundamentally think that that is going to change. So take fast fashion. Everybody's predicting that fast fashion will die, that everybody will see the futility of it and the waste and the environmental damage that it does. It's possible there'll be a small shift, but teenagers, young adults will still want to buy clothing. They'll still want to buy clothing cheaply. They'll still want to go out and show off to their friends. I, I don't see that there's going to be some fundamental social change in that regard. I think where there is more likely to be change is in channel and whether you call it medium term or long term I think in the short term there's going to be a lot of reluctance to go shopping in the way that we have gone shopping in physical stores take our flagship which is in the center of London I don't see that customers are going to be flocking back to central London anytime soon they're not going to want to get on the tube they're not going to want to get on the train so I think we're going to find it a little difficult when we reopen that shop particularly and some of our other shops because people People will remember social distancing. They'll probably feel uncomfortable for 12 months at least going into places where there are a significant chance of rubbing up against other individuals. But in the long term, I think it's probably just accelerated the move towards the direct, the digital channels. People have found out that they work. People have found out that they can shop comfortably. They can get the information they want. They can still even make the returns that they need to make. So I think it won't have fundamentally changed things, but it might have accelerated the shift from physical store retail to digital retail. If you've enjoyed this look back at our COVID year, then I expect there'll be another one along soon. Next year, I hope we'll see better news. But honestly, these business issues we're grappling with aren't going away. 
and we could get together again to talk about them, how to win new business, how to connect with our customers and colleagues, and how above all to keep our sense of humour. I hope you'll join me. You'd be welcome to take part. Just drop me an email at lucy.thorpe at incloudsolutions.co.uk. Enjoy the rest of your year. Bye for now.